and it's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's about, what, 20, 10 minutes before kickoff, William? It's not looking very pleasant out here. What are your thoughts on today's game? Well, it's half an hour to kick off, Alan, so... Um... Oh, I'm looking at the clock that's moving over there. <laughs> yeah, we're all a bit discombobulated here. It's a beautiful sports ground evening. The wind is blowing, the rain is falling. Uh, it's a perfect night for, for rugby in, in Galway. Um, but there's a good buzz around, and um, look, we're going to see what happens. Dave Rennie against uh, Kieran Kane. Um, two guys sitting in the same coaching box up until a few weeks ago. And the season starts here. Both these sides want to win this. They do indeed. Now I'm going to hop over to the commentary box because Joe Healy is off um, in Bled doing some rowing over in Bled and World Championship rowing. And I'm going to take his place up in the commentary box. And my son Danny's going to take over the recording of the 2060 and 80 minutes. And uh, you'll talk to me later on in the game. Yeah, fair enough. Enjoy the dry and the warmth, Alan. (laughs) Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. The rain has been pouring down as Glasgow take to the field in all white in front of me here uh, through the pipe band that's uh, played away at the gates in honour of our Scottish visitors. Glasgow, of course, started here last season and won by 41 points to five and quite the drubbing. Connick's mismatch of a pre-season. We came uh, to haunt them after such a great campaign in the 15-16 season. Last year didn't go so well for Connick. Can this year go a bit better? Connick kick off and Glasgow receive inside their own 22 they're looking to just pass the ball along the line before being hit in the centre of that 22 about 10 metres inside uh, the line there and a quick pass out to the left and they get themselves set conditions are going to be tough for Glasgow to play into in this first half I was watching the uh, players warming up the flags are blowing very much across towards the clan uh, terrace but coming from Lockatolia really so into the faces of Glasgow as well Connacht will look to capitalise on that they'll look to use their strong defence some good hits going in there and the ball might be loose there to play penalty against Glasgow they didn't protect the ball at the side of the rock it came loose now there's a bit of a dust up and quite frankly more than you might expect a lot of pushing and shoving of course there's a lot of enmity between these two teams after what happened a couple of seasons ago and it's obviously still there here's uh, Jack Carty for Connacht with the right boot on the right hand side he likes it already and they like it in the clan terrace as well Connacht get the first points of this game by three points to nil in in the early stages of this contest so 20 minutes gone it's 6-3 to Connacht I'll let William explain the story yeah, it's been a bit of an error-strewn game played in pretty nasty conditions. Uh, referee's been a busy man. There's been a lot of stopping and starting at the scrums. But Connacht will be happy enough for that. They were camped on the Glasgow line there and might have wanted more than the three points they got. But they're in the lead. How many points they need to be in the lead with this wind, we probably won't know till the second half. Another big key from Connacht. But in fairness, you've got to give credit to Glasgow's number eight, Adam Ash, who's digging them out of trouble every time with some good carries. And that's a decent carry there. There's another knock-on for Glasgow though, there. I think this one's good. This game's going to have an error count that's going to uh, rival Eddie this season. Connacht want to play through the advantage. Glasgow are on the wrong side. The knock-on came from Glasgow. The ball wasn't playable. A lot of referees would have just blown that down and said scrum to Connacht, but he said, no, that ball isn't playable because there's a Glasgow player on the wrong side. Good Correct. decision. 20 metres uh, from the try line. It's probably five metres to the right of the post for a right-footed kicker. This is the last kick of the first half. Ball goes there. We will be going in for half time. He's kicked it and nailed it. Three from three in the first half for Cardi. Uh, interesting and wet uh, first half, we'll say. Yeah, a vital, vital score for Connacht because it's really got nasty in the last 20 minutes. 
Uh, the wind is whipping and whipping around and it's going to make playing against this in the second half quite a challenge. Connacht have had a lot of possession there but it's, it's very difficult to do anything terribly positive for the ball in these conditions. I think they'll be happy enough but maybe six points won't be enough. Big scrub could redeem this situation. But Glasgow are steady on it. In fact, steadier than they were in the first half, which is interesting. Here they go. Hastings times that pass brilliantly for Horn. One more pass by Derek. Glasgow are going to go in from 35 metres out. They have scored. And I think it might be the flanker, Matt Smith, who's got in at the end. Oh, that was brilliant rugby. Price to Horn. And there was a really well-timed burst through the centre before it popped it back inside. And I think it was the flanker. No, it was denied Ali Price. I beg your pardon, who came back on to support the play super stuff from Hastings to Horde and back to Price Rain ain't going to stop anytime soon John Muldoon has done more talking than you or I Alan tonight as he gets to <laughs> Ben Whitehouse that's saying something in fairness it certainly is he's he's um He's very vociferous with Ben, with, with ben having lots of lots of chats with him. Connick led 9 3 at half time, 10 points unanswered in the first 10 minutes of the second half, has Glasgow 13 9 ahead. Jack Hardy kicking into the wind just outside the 22 in front of the post. He needs to drill this low. It's gone towards the post. It's gone through the post. And it stays through the post as well. It's just it remained in the air for quite some time. Some great kicking for Jack Hardy tonight. 4 for 4, 13 points to 12 now. Connick trailed by 1, and we're bang on the armour. So it's 60 minutes gone here at the wet sports ground. It's Connacht 12, Glasgow 13. Yeah, it's becoming a real war of attrition. Connacht just kicked a penalty there. Glasgow have had most of the possession. Second half. Conditions, it's really going to come down this game to who makes the least errors. But Connacht are still well in this, but they are playing against a very nasty wind. We speak again at full time. Big hits from Connacht going in. Another big one from Sean O'Brien, I think, in there. Yep. He really does like them. Almost a clean, almost a, a turnover as well by Muldoon on the back of it. Chip over the top from Glasgow. Good chase from Sarto. If he catches this, anything could happen. How did he keep his feet in place? Cut back inside and he's tackled just before the line, but he's popped it up. But this could be the winning try for Glasgow. They're in at the corner. It's not the winning try because they're going to go six points clear. They'll lead the conversion to go two scores clear. But my God, it's a massive score. It's still Connick's possession. Marmion's trying to dig it out. Two players outside Alton Delan. Here goes Dara Leader. He almost got away, but no one is getting away from this Glasgow defence tonight. It's been truly brilliant from Dave Rennie's men. He's going to get one over his old mate. Knock on against Connick now. So Connick will finish this game with an error. Huge celebrations for Glasgow. Hugs all round. So it's all over here at the sports ground. Connick 12, Glasgow 18. It was a wet and tough game. Yeah, the better side won the game, really. They dealt with the conditions better. They made less errors. And they seem to have a better game plan to play in conditions like this. Uh, they played a lot of pick-and-go, one-up. And they, they held on to the ball. Um, yeah, Connacht, Connacht, need to, Connacht need to get better at playing in conditions like these because we come across them at home. Um, but they got, they got the losing bonus points. But they'll be disappointed with that. There's a lot to work on. The game next week against the Kings now taking on a lot. And um, Glasgow celebrating with their fans. And it's uh, in a wet evening. It's the post-match section of the podcast. We've got Dave Finn. Good evening. William Davis. 
Evening, Alan. And Niall Chill. Good evening, Alan. Who's known as Paki. And uh, bonjour. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got Rob. Rob's missing again. He was doing the commentary. I was doing the commentary with him tonight. Um, he's gone off to, on his trips to somewhere. I don't know where he's gone today. Um, but we're going to talk about this um, pretty depressing start to the, the season, Dave. It's one point more than we got in the corresponding game last year. And that is the only silver lining I can give you. Ah, look, better team won. There was a few things you could point to in the first half where maybe it might have changed it. But ultimately, when we got to halftime 9-3, it was only going to be one winner. And I have to say, very impressed with Ali Bryce. Uh, I think Pirgos would probably be their number one scrum half. But he, for me, was man of the match. And he dominated it. And he made us look pretty pedestrian. He certainly did. He did have a couple of silly mistakes he made at the end of the first half, which I couldn't believe an international scrum half would do, trying to kick the ball in the air against that wind. But other than that, yes, he, he pretty he pretty well dominated. William? Conditions dominated the game, really, and they played them better. Yeah. Uh, it's laughable, really. It's the first game of the season. It could have been the middle of December, apart from the temperature. Uh, strong wind, rain swirling around. So there was, there was a lot of errors. It was a stop-start game. Uh, handling errors position errors but they just did everything that bit better mm-hmm. and six point lead at half time might have been enough if we'd got our business together in the second half but we didn't and they did and actually they won it quite comfortably um, Kieran Kane in the press conference which we'll be referring to or listening to in a couple of minutes in the podcast was uh I think he's pretty disappointed. I think he's he's probably learned quite a lot tonight about what he has to fix. And that's all part of the challenge. But, yep, it's one point. And, uh, but there are a lot of things to look at. There certainly are. And when you think, Niall, that they've, uh, they were missing, I think, four Lions, maybe five Lions, you know, they have a hell of a lot more coming back. We were effectively playing their B team. Yeah, that's correct. Um, the... We, we seem to pick the same backline that we picked last year against them which was very ineffectual and it seemed to be the same again today um, their their line speed was an, awful, was an awful lot better than ours I couldn't believe our defence was so passive um, but in saying that everything it's the first game of the season first uh, first league game of the season um, so I expect more to come from Connacht we'll see we have a lot of players come back too I think that would make a big difference Um but outside of that, it's very difficult to see any positive. Only I can see quite a few negatives. Yeah, disappointed with that. Yeah, like Dave Rennie made the point in his press conference where he talked about the fact that he'd signed a year ago and that he's been in constant contact with their, you know, the coaches so that they're doing almost what he wants them to do. Whereas KK's only signed a shorter time ago and, and obviously he hasn't. He, he still gives the impression that he's just testing the waters on various fronts. Oh, I, think I agree with you. I mean... It, yeah, I think he had this. Today was an eye-opening experience. I think he was he had his eyes open in one respect last week, but I did think he learned an awful lot more today. And it, I, I'll be honest with you, we we should we this is we get this most uh, six months a year. This is kind of conditions we have in Galway, and we all learn to live with it. And we all know how to operate within it. But for about fifty minutes, you're looking at going. Glasgow were the home team who were used to playing in these conditions and our boys were like why is it not dry why is it not why is it why is it not calm and thinking it seemed to be that we were trying to play 
I don't want to use the term high velt rugby on dry pitches on a day that didn't need that. We were overcomplicating things. I think, I think Packy pointed out a very, Packy. I'll leave the story to Packy, but he made a very high, very good point about unnecessary complication in the lineouts. Um, the only thing that got better as the game went on was the scrum, but I think that was as much down to the fact that I think Ben Whitehouse, who was also ring rusty, having been injured for, for eight months worked out what was going on there but everything else just seemed to get better it seemed to get worse there were individual moments highlights there was a lovely run from Keen Keller where he just didn't chip he chipped the ball on the outside but on the inside there was the big hit from Tom Farrell um, Jack I was surprised Jack got that penalty into the wind because we had seen that Horn was having a nightmare in the first half trying to kick into the wind um, but you can name the individual highlights and they are individual highlights as a collective it just it was just very disappointing it was, and, and one of the things that you know we noticed, because standing up high you get a slightly different angle than you normally do down here, they had runners off players that were coming from depth at a slightly different angle, and we never, ever went down that route. No, we didn't. We were very static. And in these sort of conditions, that just doesn't work, because eventually you're gonna, a little bit of accuracy is going to go, and you're slowly moved back. They just had a better pick-and-go game. It's very simple. There was nothing. I mean, there wasn't a night to do anything expansive, and we got shown up there quite badly. Yeah, because like it, you know, they did. So I think John mentioned the fact that it wasn't a night for any back play, but their first try was a superb piece of play, off a beautiful line, a couple of passes that were taken from. I think they were just outside the ten meter line. So like there was space to do things if you were able to do it, but they were double teaming us all the time in defence, especially. Well, yeah, but we, we just had one-out runners the whole time, mm. trying to out-muscle them. I don't know, every time they, they went, they seemed to have potted three guys that were then they were busting over the game line, and they were getting quicker ruck ball, and we weren't. Um, but they, they kicked well in the second half, regularly enough when they needed to. I counted two kicks, no, I could be wrong, but I counted two kicks uh, from us in the first half, really. Um, one was a terrible effort, down the, it went down the middle of the pitch. And the other one was a nice touch finder from, from Jack. But that was it. I mean, the game was, it was screaming out for that. And when we have the pace and the wings that we have, I don't know why we don't use a, a diagonal kick and put pressure on the back three. It was the day for us. That's what they did for that first try, and that's how they got their try. We're going to go and go through the interviews. You're going to firstly hear Dave Rennie and his um, thoughts on the game, followed by Kieran Kane, and then finally John Muldoon. Dave, you, you seem to have really play the conditions brilliantly tonight. We'll just say that from our perspective when the team comes here and does that. I, I presume you're very proud of your players. Oh, look, wrapped with the defence. Um, thought we put a lot of pressure on them and uh, turned a lot of ball over. I thought our line at defence was excellent. and uh, So we made it really difficult for them from set piece. And uh, you know, not, not, not overly wrapped with our kicking game second half. I thought we could have used the window half a lot better. and and played a lot of the games sort of in and around our half, but um, character-wise and attitude-wise, it was great. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, Glasgow lost, you you have heard this, they lost a tough game here a couple of years ago, a huge semi-final win, but since then they've come twice now, had two big wins, and we just thought they were very pumped in the second half to make sure they won this half. Yeah, well, we had a lot of guys on debut tonight too, yeah. the first, first game, so that's a pretty special night. We had, um, obviously, Alex Dunbar playing his 100th, and I think that always adds to the motivation, so... Oh, we knew it would be tough here, and it's tough conditions for both sides. And um, I thought we did pretty well into the wind. Um, you know, held them out for long periods and, and got a little bit of ball on our hands. So, 
Um, oh, we can be held a lot better. I know Connacht can be held a lot better as well, but uh, important to win those games, especially against the teams in your own pool. Ali Price's first try changed the game, well carved out after the first phase off a scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, you know, we thought we were probably uh, trying to play a little bit too much footy at times, but um, that was a great option there and a nice short ball from um, Adam Hastings to choose the right option So and, and then great support play from the nine. So, um, yeah, I like, no, you're right, it was important. I think you should start then against one of your conference rivals away from home. Yeah, important, important to win them, you know, get points away from home and especially against teams in your own conference. So, you know, the Chiefs got knocked over this weekend and... Um, Cardiff got knocked over, so that's been a good weekend for us from that point of view. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought our scrum well, it was really strong tonight, and not all the time, and I think we can be better, but um, oh, I think we had an edge, and, and that was important in those conditions. Yeah, Hollock, he's been a hell of a lot of good work done before I arrived. Um, yeah, I got, I got signed 12 months ago, so I've been heavily involved in regard to a lot of planning. We've had endless conference calls and Skype calls and uh, the coaches flew down to South Africa and caught up with us when we were over there with Super Rugby and um, so we've, we've done a lot of work but really it's been um, the coaches and the trainers have been here making it happen, put on the park so you know, really really thankful to those guys done a great job and hey, our boys are fit, they're in great nick and um, yeah, we've got, got a good culture of uh, work ethic so um, that's an important start for us. I was involved in the, um, all the contracting of players, so I'm, I've got a good understanding of where some of these boys are at, but it's not till you get on the grass with them and learn a bit more, you know. So well, we've learned a bit more tonight and around that, and um, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn a lot about playing now or catching footy over this part of the world too, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, we've, got, I mean, we've got a handful of injuries, um, long term ones with you know, Stuart Hogg and um, Johnny Gray and uh, Fraser Brown, and um, I've a handful of guys. Um, so Finn Russell's back next week. Um, Tommy Seymour's still probably three weeks away on, on leave. And um, but you know, in the end, that was important for us because um, a lot of the guys that we used tonight are, are the ones who are going to be available during that autumn break and during Six Nations and so on. And so it's great to get a bit of confidence and, and show those boys that we had confidence in them to, to play tonight. Dave, I understand you had a side bet with um, Karen Keane on this match. Are you a relieved man that actually you're overcoming your assistant from the Chiefs? <laughs> oh, look, he's, uh, he's very sharp, KK, and uh, oh, he'd probably be disappointed with the weather. I'd say he would have had a few things up his sleeve, especially around line-out, but you know, we defended that very well. So, oh yeah, it's, um, we've had a lot of battles over the years. It was nice to team up over the last couple at the Chiefs. And oh, He's a good man. Um, I've already mentioned that he's... Uh, He's a real hard case. He's got some great stories, and some of them I've heard ten times, and I still laugh. So he's uh, it's a very good storyteller. He'll he'll fit in really well. He's a good man. Kieran, uh, to start with, I guess maybe just reflect on the dressing room and the disappointment that's that's obviously in the camp after that result. So the question? D- disappointing results. Uh, maybe just give us an idea of what the dressing room was like afterwards. Oh, the boys are really disappointed. Which you know, to be fair. It's only natural, yeah. uh, first game of the season, but um, we probably didn't deserve it, to be honest. Two tries in itself by the opposition to to our uh, kicking goals was possibly a good indication of where we were, you know, a fair indication, I should say. In the first half, obviously you had a lot of chances, but only a six-point lead. Did you feel that wasn't enough? 
It was never enough, to be honest. Uh, we didn't um, handle that wind terribly well. We didn't play that smart, if I'm critical about it. Um, and we lacked a, a little bit of direction in that first half. And when we got to the second half, we actually, and the first half, we spilt a lot of ball. We coughed up a lot of possession and a lot of opportunities that might have existed. So when I say we probably got what we deserved, it was probably around our ball maintenance, possibly around our body contact, body height, into contact, little things like that that cost us on the night. Something that would have come up last season a lot, and obviously this is a new regime, is, is whether kind of kicked the ball enough and where they play the game. There were some signs towards the end that Ronaldson kicked in behind and it was effective. Would you have liked to see a little bit more kicking in the second half? Oh, look, we'll have a look at things. I've got my own opinions about it, but I'd rather reflect on it and sleep on it and also um, have a look at it, you know, than make make the comments that are in my head at the moment because, um, you know, it could be, could be off. The intensity of Glasgow's defence was very effective and obviously caused Connick a lot of trouble. Yes, yes, they had a really sound defence and they rattled us at the breakdown as well. So um, all credit to them there. Um, it, was, it was a pretty tough night out there and a pretty dirty night. I'm sure you wouldn't be blaming decisions, but John Muldoon seemed to have a try from a quick tap penalty. Would you have been frustrated at that, or are you, fair, are you happy enough with the explanation of why it wasn't allowed to be taken? Oh, I have no influence on as good or bad decisions, do I? So there's no point in commenting on those things. And looking ahead then, like I mean, there's a good bit of work to do, obviously, ahead of the Southern Kings game next week, but it's back here next weekend. Yeah, oh, look, we, we have a bit. Um, we'll have to pick the boys up again. Um, they've been really good um, throughout throughout the fortnight that we've been playing pre-season. There's been a good buzz, but but now they'll be a little bit down. So we have to pick them up first. But the fact is that both teams had to play in it, and one team played far superior to the other team uh, in terms of the handling and uh, and the way they handled the conditions. Um, they played a, a fair bit smarter. Um, and they got good reward and they got a couple of soft soft tries. So, um, yeah, we've got to look at things. So how do you think the set-piece went? It was a bit of a mixed bag. Scrum started bad, poorly, but seemed to get better as the game went on. With some line-outs, went astray. Was that purely under conditions or was there a bit, something more to it than that, you think? Well, I, I thought we started to get a bit of dominance around the scrum and I thought that was one of the big pluses um, on the evening. Personally, um, we're a bit muddled uh, around the line-out and um, I think they were very good around that area. So I think that we possibly were the better side at scrum time and they were certainly better at line-out time. Was there any explanation for the line-out? Uh, no, I have to sit down with the boys and, and Jimmy and, uh, and we'll have a look at things. There will be an explanation, but we just haven't quite got it yet. All right, John. I mean, Kieran's obviously new to this. It's a new management team, but you're aware of what Glasgow have done the last couple of visits to the sports ground. This is another big win for them. It's obviously really sickening for the Connick team. Yeah, we're very disappointed. Um, obviously, the first game of the season, you, you want to get off to a good start. and um, 
in a game like tonight on, on the first I suppose our conditions like tonight first game of the season you're, you have new stuff and it kind of all goes out the window um, it's just an arm wrestle and they won the arm wrestle pl- uh, plain and simple so yeah we're obviously disappointed I suppose the disappointing aspect is uh, um, we just made a few too many mistakes and um, the mistakes cost us in the end and uh, fair play to them they they were probably the, f- the more physical team and um, at the end of the day the scoreboard doesn't like they've got two tries we got none A couple of moments in either half where the game could have turned in Connick's favour in fact the momentum was, was with you obviously when you got that quick tap penalty that just just didn't fit the structure of what Ben wanted in terms of the referee point of view Yeah look they um, they were physical and um, they, they had good line speed and obviously they'd uh, <coughs> they got the scores when it mattered and sometimes it's momentum and when you get your scores and um, they got a, a score early in the second half and it made us chase the game a little bit more and um, made us hold on to the ball a little bit more maybe and um, we will be disappointed when we look back at it um, it was it was just a physical battle really and an arm wrestle as I said and they certainly came out on top yeah when Tom Farrell made that hit it just seemed to be a turning point you had a penalty there's a couple of moments there where you just thought you could kick on and obviously you'd be really regretting that when you're watching back the video like the, the, the score didn't follow that because it got back to 13-12 after that yeah we <coughs> we gave ourselves a couple of chances in fairness and um, that's one thing we said at half time regardless of what happens nine points won't win the game so we knew we had to get a couple of scores on on the board and um, we knew we were going to have to I suppose look after the ball but um, there's, you still have to get um, territory and you can't score if you're in your own half all the time and um, we just released the pressure too many times when they kicked long and we made a couple of mistakes after um, another which caused um, a big momentum shift for them and um, they they capitalised on them uh, in, in terms of what's gone before the preseason seems to have gone well there was lots of positivity you're obviously going to be determined to make sure one defeat is going to kill that momentum yeah look it's um, Everyone probably came today to see the new KK re- um, regime. You won't have seen much of it out there um, in the conditions. Uh, it's hard to do anything out there in that. Um, it won't be one out runners and forwards and forwards and forwards and forwards, and that's all you saw there tonight because that's all the conditions allowed us. So, yeah, we, we've got to get a little bit smarter. Um, we're going to be playing in conditions like that yeah. numerous times, and we just got to be a little bit more clever. Um, but look, it can't get much worse. Uh, I suppose the big positive is we got a point out of it. Um, maybe in the past that mightn't have happened. So we dug in, but we certainly a lot of things uh, to fix, and um, a lot of them are easily fixable as well. The first two scrums were penalties given away, but then you seem to learn from that, learn how, what the referee was looking for, and improve in the scrum. Um, is that the sort of thing you need to do from now? Like work out on the pitch exactly how to play things because it's, it seems to be that that was one thing you very much did improve on this game went on. Yeah, look, there's a there's good experience there. Uh, Dennis, Tom, Finley, uh, Connor, Carey came on as well. Uh, there's a lot of experience there. A lot of lads that know um, a lot more about me or a lot more than me about scrummaging. Um, they're able to fix things on the go and. Um, all good players are able to adapt and find out what a referee wants and um, be able to adapt to that and the lads did that uh, there was a bit of frustration early doors but um, I think after a third penalty I think we got three or four penalties after that so yeah look um, there's a lot of experience there there's a lot of uh, work goes on behind the scenes and um, fair play to the, lad to be, the lads to be able to turn it around um, so yeah look uh, we just have to 
I suppose fix a few things quicker than we did today and if we can do that as the season goes on when, when one or two things don't go well and be able to fix them on the pitch then it gives you a better chance uh, of winning a game When you look ahead to next week it is a team that KK may know something about but most of the players have never played anybody from the Southern Kings oh, you've, you've, you've never played that style of a South African team before does that mean this week you focus on more on what went wrong from a comic perspective or can you do any sort of analysis on the team ah you do a bit of both yeah um, it'd be uh, wouldn't be the right thing to just concentrate on yourself you have to do a bit of both obviously we'll um, we'll review but as I said earlier with conditions like that there's not a whole lot unless the uh, the heavens open again next Saturday um, there's not a huge amount you can take from that obviously there's there's um, defence this stuff and there's other, a few other things that you can take from it but attack wise and it's more game plan and um, management that you take out of that um, I don't think it's an awful lot you can to be honest but yeah look we'll go forward and try and learn from it and as I said get a bit of more game management and um, understand where maybe the turning points in the game what we can improve on OK that was a very downbeat John Muldoon and, and KK um, and looking at the other results in the two conferences it looks like we've split into, into a two-tier league which um, Dave disagrees with vehemently Yeah, because it's week one we don't know we have, I've said the same things I said that apply to unknown, fa- unknown factors about how teams can get torpedoed they haven't even come into play yet and you're deciding we have a two-tier league after one game yeah it could well develop like this. I think it, the, 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 the tweet we were talking about forever is a very startling tweet that we're the only team to break into that top six. But why does that have to say after one game that's what's going to happen? Yeah, they all won. They're kind of supposed to. But that, if you start believing that after week one, then it's set in stone and no team will break into this top six. It'll be the same top six and it's boring. We might as well give up. All 14 teams have a chance to win the title. So if they're, not, if they're going to give up after week one, we might as well just go home, come back and let the six teams just break it into a six team league have those six teams play and just be done with it because otherwise what's the point of being here it's week one if after week 11 it's the same six teams then yeah I'll take your point and I'll pull my hands up and go do you know what Alan you were right in week one but let's wait till week 11 let's wait till Christmas not after week one it's like the same thing the same thing happened to soccer Man United won two games every season hand the title to them it's still the first second of September it's the second of September nothing is set in stone how do you follow that Packy? <laughs> He was back last week, William. <laughs> He's back with a vengeance tonight. Okay, so following on from that superb rant from from Dave, and we'll we'll come back to it later in the season. There was a couple of couple of things that didn't go quite as well as we would have liked today. The, the clock was sort of iffy; it wasn't as reliable as we'd like. And there was a, a marching band or a Scottish band that seemed to really annoy the clan stand. Well, I don't know what they were doing <laughs> doing there, to be honest. Um, and then uh, the, the Connor team come out through them just after that and they were taking selfies before as the game was kicking off uh, it, was, it, was very, it was very odd very very odd um, biggest issue was the stadium clock um, it didn't seem to be synced up with uh, the TMO um, I think they're going to or the, the assistant referee um, I think they're going to have to sort that out um, it seemed to it seemed to vex an awful lot of people on this side so I, I, I don't know it just seemed to be very off from the beginning all over today that's a classic first day of the season I suppose yeah it had that, it had that sort of feel about it and uh, it would be, probably wouldn't be worried about it if Connacht had won <laughs> um, but it's the small things that annoy you and um, 
something that annoyed me during the week, and some people might be uh, aware of this. Uh, my Twitter account was either hacked or compromised. So apologies to anybody who was caught up in that. I know there are people who listen to the podcast who follow me. That account had to be closed uh, when it started tweeting pretty offensive material. Retweeting, I should say, completely out of my control. Sorry about it, guys. And it'll be, hopefully, I'll be back on Twitter with a new handle, if that's the correct word, uh, sometime soon. It's going to have a hurling uh, connection this time, though, instead of cricket. (laughs) Okay, we're down to the final section of the podcast. Any other business? Packy, did you remember what you thought you were going to say? No, I'm sure it was something to do with an Ireland ticket, uh, but I think I'll be okay. <laughs> fair enough, we let you run. I know you're trying to run. I'm off to Dublin. Fair enough, fair enough. Dave, you always have any other business. Well, I think it's the, it's the follow-on from last week, and I, nothing I said about Irish women's rugby does not still stand this week, but given what I said about the World Cup and about how it was good for women's rugby, I think it was superb and utterly fishing that we had that final that was quite simply one of the best games of rugby I've ever seen I was looking up and was talking to my girlfriend about how what a great try uh, New Zealand had scored I turned around and the winger had caught the ball and sprinted in and then I went that's an amazing try from the winger wasn't that brilliant I turned around and New Zealand had scored again it was a brilliant game of rugby it had everything it had powerful running from, from backs speed it had power it had possibly the most intelligent performance I've seen from a loose head forward ever because there are many male professional guys who loose head forwards who've been doing who've been do, playing the game for 15 20 years who wouldn't have been able to do what she did in rele- in being tackled releasing the ball picking it up and getting the try I thought she was superb I think it was a fantastic end to a tournament that's been great still stand stand by what I said about the state of Irish the Irish team and the Irish women's rugby but that was a majestic game of rugby and kudos to everybody involved and I really need to, um, really need to look at it and go 15 aside women's rugby is the way to go and stop obsessing with sevens couldn't agree more uh, as we talk my, of course my only bit is the same one I've actually offered I was talking to some of the Connacht guys and I said look I will I will paint those gold posts. Just get me a cherry picker. Possible they've painted them, and in the last eight hours it's been washed off. Well, I was going to say, but no, no. The rain. We were here just, you know, during the break in the rain, and and they are actually getting so much worse. From from Rob's position up where he commentates, the the left hand goal post sort of gets um, hidden in the trees that are behind it so when you're looking at it the goalposts sort of merge into the trees that are further from the angle you're looking at where are you seeing trees? so there's trees at the back so we're looking out from the main stand from up at the top looking across at the goalpost the, out, the, the, the one nearest the clan stand has got quite a lot of black on it and there's trees in behind it and you actually they slightly disappear when you're looking at them slightly optical illusion so you know I'll just keep harping on about it and maybe at some stage I'll, as I say I'm willing to help out and I think we will leave it there for this week and we'll be back again next week and hopefully have some more happy news with a victory and KK can go away smiling and not be quite as grumpy as he seemed to be tonight. What is the Afrikaans for Are You Blind Breath?